One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are ASAP Science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about needles, why we are so scared of them, the evolutionary basis as to why, tips for how you can get over that fear, and also speaking about how we just got vaccinated! Yeah! <laughs> the first dose. Uh, we're not dublade. We're not no, dublade. We are Canadian after all, so we just got dose number one. Um, not going to be doubled till September, maybe, but it feels so good to have my cells, just my RNA absolutely building, those spike proteins, my immune system coming in there, my T cells absolutely doing their thing. I'm horny for my T cells. <laughs> It'd be so fun to be able to look at them right now on like a microscopic level oh, and wow. get to know what's happening, get intimate with our cells, you know? My body is so cool. And your body, if you're listening to this, is also so cool. Yeah. I love it. I love the vaccine in thine <laughs> arm. I just have the best freaking day. Since this episode is about vaccines, like I kind of want to, like, why don't we talk, like jump into what did we learned this yeah, week? We'll we talk about our whole vaccine experience when we got there. <laughs> We're just making so many weird noises. Oh, what did we learn this week? So I learned this week about the species Lantra canadensis. Do you have any idea what the Lantra Canadensis was? Because you say had... it without an uh, accent on. Uh, there we... was no accent. That's just how you speak well, science. No, you're going Lantra Canadensis. That's like you're... Mitch. <laughs> that's how you speak science. No. What are you talking about? Lantra Canadensis. Okay, say it as though you're not speaking science, so I can hear what letters you're actually. Oh, saying. like a normal person. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Lantra canadensis. Okay, so <laughs> canadensis. I'm like, is There's it in no Canada? Way. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a Canadian animal. You saw this animal recently. That's why I'm doing a it. A type of bird? No, not uh-huh. bird. Similar to a weasel, similar to a skunk. Ooh, an otter. Yeah, the mustelid family. It's an otter. Okay, okay. What are you going to tell me about the otter? So we saw a river otter recently sunning itself on a dock. It was... So So cute. cute. Because I bird now, I had binoculars, which is just, honestly, everyone get a pair. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't need a new pair of shoes. You need a new pair of binoculars because it makes the whole world come into a whole new vision and focus. Anytime we leave the house and and we see a cool bird or even just a basic bird and Greg doesn't have his binoculars. No such thing as thine basic bird, my friend. Okay, fine. But you're always like, oh my God, I forgot my binoculars. What am I thinking? And I'm like, I don't leave the house without them now. Even when I go to the corner store, I just walk and looking like I'm fully on a National Geographic trek while I'm like, you never know. There might be a red-tailed hawk eating a pigeon on top of one of these convenience stores one day. And I do not want to miss out on looking deeply and closely at that experience. Anytime I pull the binoculars open, I am unable to find the thing. Oh my God, it is such a skill that you like 
it's there's you know there's great things in life like an orgasm and it's close oh to it when God, you lift so up those binoculars <laughs> and then you hit exactly the little bird you're trying to look at boom you think bam what is that eye anti hand eye coordination you know that's where the phrase to each their own comes from. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so the otter we were able to look at through the binoculars. It was so freaking cool. And so it was a river otter. And of all the otter species in the world, the river otter in Northern Ontario is the only one that's not endangered. Oh, uh, cute. Okay. There's okay. a lot of environment for it to live. Uh, it actually became endangered in parts of America due to lack of conservation and like humans, you know, obviously like building a bunch of things, but due to different, since the 1970s, they've been able to bring them back. They're doing really well. They're, they're nearsighted when they're on land, but when they're underwater, they can see better and they actually use their whiskers to catch fish or frogs. It's like they eat like just like these cute things like i love that they, i didn't have to read that they ate you know like you know other otters right yeah sometimes, like, you, yeah sometimes you find out animals that are cute i maybe i said this in a different podcast but i was watching a little doc on dragonflies because i think they're so cool but the little doc it was on youtube and someone made it scary and they put scary music and then because they're carnivorous i was like that's terrifying, and now I don't know if I like them anymore because they eat other creatures, and it's really sad. Well, but no, I know that's no, circle, of, circle life. of life. But my just friend. all that to say that when you find a cute animal that you find adorable, also is not brutally murdering something. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it says on rare occasion it eats birds, and we're gonna skip over past that point. <laughs> How? Um. So, oh. um, what was so interesting about what we were seeing was that it was like sunning itself. It was it was absolutely adorable. It looked mm. like it was playing and there was something very playful about it and what i very dog like about it yeah i know I, that's kind of such a grooming human thing itself. to do i'm always like it's like a dog or yeah no, i know i know it's kind of stupid but <laughs> but it, it, it was it rolled on licking its itself and rubbing itself yeah. and just it was doing the ernie thing where it constantly was rolling on its back so what i learned is that they're very playful as animals in a way that people like evolutionary biologists don't actually know exactly why but they will waste quote unquote their energy to go up a surface and slide down it over and over Aww. and over and there's no real reason to do it other than they think like playing with each other to to create social cohesion which Aww. is like adorable so cute. also like dogs you ever seen a dog slide down a s slippery snowy hill it's adorable Oh my god! I think I, that's a TikTok, right? Well, I, I mean, that. Greg, <laughs> that's what? a TikTok. I mean, there have been TikToks. I'm just like that is also a thing that's been around for a long time before TikTok. Wait, what do you mean? Like that's common Videos for dogs of, to do? Yeah, there's like, like uh, what do you oh. say? What's that TV show? Uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. They're okay. like <laughs> dogs sliding down hills and they run back up and they slide back down again. It's so that's silly. so funny because I just think of the human behind it, like forced. You know, what I mean, like bringing the dog up and then pushing the dog <laughs> down. But you're like, I see. Like you're saying they're doing it because they're having fun. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. um, and they also do this weird thing where they defecate like in a line if there's a group of them one will poo and then the other will smell then poo and smell then poo and, what? and they realize it's like <laughs> a conga poo line a conga poo line <laughs> and it's a way of them learning about each other like understanding nutrition um, just like you know sniffing someone's poo like you learn a lot of it like if you were to smell my poo you'd be finding out I'm a vegetarian because it smells like also cat like dogs um so basically otters are dogs wait what do you mean does that <laughs> dogs also? sniff each other's poo i mean they don't oh, get yeah. in the congo line but they <laughs> sometimes sniff each other's butts yeah each other's poo and sometimes even eat it 
Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? Then we've just. Is that your next fact? No. The like, lawn, and sometimes they eat it. The lawn truck kind of does this is a dog. Okay. Cool. Imagine this whole time you were reading the Wikipedia yeah. page for dog. They're like, they actually only eat other otters. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, anyways, love river otters. I'm uh, happy for Canada to keep them thriving and just an ad- another adorable animal we should all. You know, just be appreciative of. In that moment, I realized if I my drag name should be kind of a scientific uh, Latin-inspired name, you know, Micholis Fegafosis. You know what wow, I mean? Wow, that's good. Something, something that is, like, inspired by it a It also sounds name. like a spell in Harry Potter that yeah, you could true. Ca- cast on someone and they become gay. And that's what you just yell as a drag Micholis Fegafosis. And then the people are, they're like, oh, my God, I have, like, sexual, I'm, like, Kinsey scale, too. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, not uh, enough gay representation in Harry Potter. Is there any? While you're reading it, oh, well, no, yeah. there's the retroactive <laughs> changing of yeah. characters. I would have yeah. loved, like you know, like a kind of like bitchy gay that kind of like <laughs> that like was from like obviously Slytherin that kind of like you know fucked with shit a little bit on their own. <laughs> that would have been such a good character. Don't slander Slytherin because I'm honestly, not. no, I know you're not, but bitchy there's a lot great. of people out there that just pretend that. Harry Potter wasn't also maybe going to be in Slytherin. And I just am standing up for all the Slytherins out there. Everyone, whenever they're like, what are your things? Mitch always gets told Slytherin. And I am proud of it. Okay. And Slytherins can be proud and they don't have to be mean there. I don't know the exact traits and words they use for them, but we're just determined, motivated Whoa. people. And Harry Potter was almost a Slytherin and you don't have to be evil to be Slytherin. And the book didn't give enough info and uh, everyone who's Slytherin you can feel a little bit better knowing I am a Slytherin as well wow self-identifying as <laughs> and anyone who self-identifies as Gryffindor is self-aggrandizing yeah actually that is more <laughs> fucked up it's like oh wow you think you're the hero yeah, of the story like, if you self-identify as Gryffindor you are Slytherin <laughs> exactly at least Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw means you know yourself well enough to well be, the thing is that like I'm probably Hufflepuff and it's like <laughs> yeah at least Slytherin's in the book like I would I wouldn't even be in the book I would just be walking in the background right. and like and like a, a, a painting mentioned. would be like you're a fag and i'd be like what and like that'd be my own <laughs> oh scene oh my god uh, my wedgling this week is also about an animal that maybe would kill an otter but hopefully not it's cats so there was a really interesting citizen science study that came out recently called at first if it fits i sits you know the meme about cats sitting in boxes um no but yes you don't, what Okay, Greg. The some, shock. I'm like, I don't know that meme. Sometimes I don't know if you use the internet. There's just like so many memes and pictures of cats sitting in boxes, and that became if it fits, I sit. So okay. Cats love to sit in okay. enclosed spaces. <laughs> um, but even leopards, lions, they all do this. If there's a box present, they'll try and squish themselves into it. Aww. So this researcher decided to test something with other people online. So she created these parameters, and she started putting squares made out of tape on the ground but not only squares she also created a version of it that was sort of an illusion so it's called a Keniza square illusion where you kind of show the corners of a square through these like picture circles that have a corner cut out or a little piece cut out that makes a corner of a square okay only those and then your brain sees the square even though there are no sides okay they would put that in the room put a, a tape square in the room and 
then got people to test their cats coming into the room when they weren't there and film them. Oh, cool. Turns to see out, like what is what why are they doing this? Or or will they equally choose yeah. those as much as boxes? Turned out they do choose that. They oh. they preferentially, other than any other spot in the room or the uh uh the control oh. condition where there were just other shapes on the ground, seeing an enclosed space, because it creates an illusion, the cat was more likely to sit in those illusion squares. Cool. Uh, equally as much as the squares that were fully in tape. Yeah. But basically it was looking at their cognition and showing that cats perceive illusions, at least some, in the same way as humans. Cool. Isn't that interesting? Thine brains, thou's brains, be <laughs> smart. And I think they said it was one of the first times cats were actually studied in their natural environment. That's why the study was so unique because... In a lab, a cat's obviously not living comfortably and like so, you know, when it's at home, it just like is fine being the way it is naturally. Like a natural environment being a human's house. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I more mean as opposed to a place where they would feel afraid or yeah, not know okay, the humans. Okay. They were in their own homes. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I see. But ultimately it also, it didn't really touch on why cats use boxes but I or love to sit in small spaces, but the general hypothesis is just that they feel safe. Now that I have a dog, I want a cat. Uh, because I'm like, I Wait, Ernie what? can hear you from here. Oh my God, Mitch, that reaction. I'm like, wait, why? Wait, what? It's the not against Ernie. Dogs are so much better. Okay. That's girl. Wow, we just lost half of the people listening to this podcast. Well, so did you. No, I just said I wanted a cat. (laughs) I didn't ever want a dog. I'm so happy I have a dog now because you got... I'm just saying that's so interesting. I love that I can (laughs) understand dogs. I would love to have a cat to like have that make so much more sense to me. I would love to have an otter. I would love to have birds. I would... Actually, not birds. It's like, hello, they need to fly. I would love to have... Actually, I guess even an otter would be like, um, I need water. Okay, 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 fine. I see what's happening here. I would love to have a bunny. I just like the more animals and cognition that I can understand, I True. think the better, just I like see. for my life. I thought you were trying to say... LOL, you thinking I'm like dogs. cheating on Ernie. Yeah, I'm cheating on Ernie. That's not okay. Um, but I do respect people can be cat people just like people can be Slytherin people and that's okay. Yeah, you can't come here defending Slytherin and then it, shit well, on cat. I break the mold, girl. I'm a Slytherin that likes dogs, okay? Yeah, I think that means you're Ravenclaw. Okay, No, that means I'm the main character. Let's go. Wow, that's a Gryffindor (laughs) thing to say. You're all over the place. (laughs) Okay. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Study time. Study time. Study time. Today we are talking about eichmophobia, which is the fear of needles, as opposed to trypanophobia which is a fear of injection oh true i wrote down trypanophobia okay interesting i know because i was right. like i was doing getting into the research and i was like wait wait Difference. wait there's two mm-hmm. and so injections versus just even the actual fear of seeing needles both very common one in four people have 
eichmophobia, which is just the fear of the needle, not even the inject. Okay, yes. Well, wow. I mean, let's talk a little bit about this. Our For those on <laughs> YouTube, you can see our, well, first our, of all, our, our jacked belt. arms, oh. our absolute summer bodies, <laughs> our freaking rip tonight, RIP that oh, pussy, don't do this again. Oh. Um, arms, and then a little tape with a bit of cotton ball into a I was waiting for you to say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. What? Lexi. Oh, wait, we got the back. I didn't know where you were going. I'm sorry. This is a disaster. (laughs) Um, Yes. So how do you feel? We just got back about a few hours ago from getting uh, shot number one. Pfizer vaccine. What was your experience like? I have a pep in my, I have a pep in thine step. Mm -hmm. I've been just, you know, like when someone... We went on a little walk after when when people walked by me. I went, beautiful day, eh? How you doing there? It, when I saw a baby, I was like, a hey there, day. little baby. You're the cutest little thing I've ever seen. And then I like shimmied my butt and like knocked the stroller. And the mom was like, never come close to my kid ever again. <laughs> no. But I'm like just absolutely full of life and full of cells making brilliant antibodies, T cells working in overtime and RNA that's doing an amazing thing in my cytoplasm going nowhere near my nucleus. So let's not be too afraid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and I'm not going to say to be afraid. It, it was such a great experience. Easy needle did not hurt one bit. Of course, some people experience symptoms and that could be yet to come for us. Like sometimes your body gets exhausted because your immune system's like firing up. We're going to is that your shoe? I'm like, there's a mouse in our house. Yeah, <laughs> there is a mouse somewhere. I keep hearing squeak, squeak. Um, yeah. So I'm curious right now. I feel totally fine. My arm doesn't even feel that sore. Although I've been like afraid to touch it. I'm like, I don't want to touch it and trigger it. Wait, have you ever been afraid of needles? So, okay. I'm going to tell you or what injections. happened. I think mentally ish. I'm not really afraid of needles. Every single time I get them, I feel, oh, I, I kind of work it up and then I'm like, that did not hurt das at it. all. That's what I always say to them. Um, I go, das it. Yeah, you're kind of like, and I, and I not to diminish anyone else's experience, but as we get into types of fears of needles, I want to talk about one thing that does happen to me because there is a subset of people that don't fear needles but still get a biological response in their body. And I yeah. think that happens to me. And yeah. I also have anxiety, as everyone knows on this podcast. So sometimes my brain starts going a little, like, in a way that I'm not consciously trying to have it. Yeah, going. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think the evolution, if we want to get into that right now, which I think is interesting yeah. and we're talking about, is that... You know, it's a it's a very new thing to have a tiny little piece of metal injected <laughs> into us. In the past, and this is the evolutionary biological theory as to why one in four people are scared of needles. Because in the past, a metal thing going into your flesh would be an <laughs> increased chance of death. But yeah. ironically... Regardless of size, ultimately. Yeah, regardless of size, it's, it's still a danger. It's still a potential mm-hmm. to say it's like a nail. It's like, oh, well, if that nail is rusty, that leads to infection, mm-hmm. you die. There's a lot of reasons why we should fear this. So it's very normal. What's ironic now is that in the um, you know recent, like, I guess it's almost, well, I mean, vaccinations have actually been around for a very long time, True. but the concept of needle vaccinations is more recent. Now it actually saves your life. So it's right. like so interesting. So like something that, that stabs you can save you. <laughs> and the evolution, like the evolutionary biological benefit of that hasn't caught up with our brains to now be like, oh, I actually am loving and can't wait for this needle because it's actually going to save my life. So like it's very normal 
to be afraid totally of something going into your skin that's metal yes from an evolutionary <laughs> standpoint yeah and there is a cultural conversation around knowing some people have fear so i think even as an anxious person in my mind i that plays when i even though i'm consciously thinking i'm not that afraid of vaccines or needles period i'm not afraid of vaccines but just knowing okay some people are and I also kind of get that, I think it's called white coat syndrome, where you go to a doctor and your heart rate raises. Like last time, ages ago, I actually got a COVID test back in November or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And they were like... <laughs> and the nurse was looking at me and talking to me and was like, how do you feel right now? And I was like, oh, and she, I'm fine. She was like, are you nervous? And I was like, I guess a little, like I'm anxious, whatever. And she's like, I want you to look at your um, heart rate on the meter and it was so high of course i'm like uh now it's gonna go higher why did you tell me that and she was like i'm a little concerned <laughs> i didn't know if something's happening to you it's so high you that called me crying well she said do you want me to send you to emerge yeah i was like what i was is like happening? wait why are you asking me if you should send me to emerge shouldn't you make that decision and of course then literally my heart rate went to like two thousand no it was probably like 160 or something like that um, but ultimately uh, no one thought 2000. No, I, <laughs> no, I wanted to be realistic though and yeah, say yeah, what no, it actually okay. was, yeah, so was so high. Um, and so she then, uh, all that to say there is a syndrome where some people, when they're getting their blood pressure checked, get nervous, especially if you're at a doctor's office or having a professional doing it. So similar to vaccines, I think it's, or just needles in general, it's that being in a kind of clinical setting or in that environment for anxious people, Sometimes you just get nervous. Yeah, I actually remember getting blood drawn for the first time and like having it was one of the first times I ever felt like fainting. Like I'd never had that experience yet. Mm -hmm. Once I was in a really crowded McDonald's and almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it all and wait after getting blood. No, drawn no, I'm just like, I'm like it was the first time I ever like was you know when you're a kid and like there's first time experiences and like fainting. I was like, well now I, I was like I'm dying here in this thine McDonald's. Like oh, no. yeah, I actually like happening. I didn't know. I was like yeah. I'm like oh I'm dying. I'm about to die. Yeah. And it was like one of those weird things where I never was allowed McDonald's and I was like <laughs> it was like I had saved up my money to go into McDonald's so it felt wrong and then there I was dying in the place I shouldn't be oh I was like I'm gonna literally die in the place like my parents are gonna find me and be like well we said not to go to McDonald's I'm gonna die what in did this we tell you yeah and then I realized it actually it, for about two or three years I didn't like going into McDonald's because of the smell it was like a weird thing where oh, I was like it triggered that it, like save memory my health probably of, for a bit because oh <laughs> I was like going to McDonald's and be like I actually feel like throwing up and then eventually got over it and I was like okay I will love these french fries <laughs> But the second time it was like getting my my blood drawn and I I just was like, oh my God. And I had to put my head between my legs and it was just an interesting thing uh, because apparently that fainting response and having a fainting experience is one of the reasons that can like solidify a fear totally. of needles and injections. So yes. I'm happy that I, don't, I haven't don't had have one, it. but I do think that I kind of do. Like today I was so... I had so much adrenaline to get this vaccine. I was just, I've been waiting for this for so long. Never thought I would be excited for something from Pfizer, but I'm so <laughs> excited for something from Pfizer. Just like so happy that it just like, I knew it was going to be easy. But in the past, I've definitely felt like my heart rate increases. Like I, it's like a physiological mm -hmm. response I can't control. Yeah. And it's kind of scary to not be able to control your body. Mm -hmm. And and I love science. So it's like, right. I can relate you to understand, people who don't. Yeah. The reasons that it's not 
anything to be afraid of. Honestly, in, in some ways that is remind, it's just anxiety in general and, and or panic attacks remind me of that experience where even when cognitively you're aware, yeah. it's a your shitty feeling. body is yeah. out of control and it can spiral your brain into that. So what happens to me? Well, for, okay, first I want to say a couple of things back to the evolution and then we'll talk a little yeah, bit Yeah, okay, more. I also want to talk about fainting. The evolution okay. of fainting. Well, one of the... Uh, links to needle fear is also blood so a lot of people have because mm. you can get blood taken and so a lot of people have a physical emotional response to seeing any kind of blood yeah. and so as a result needles can be associated with that obviously directly or just in general needles it, remind people of blood and again it makes sense an evolutionary in evolutionary history looking at blood leaving your body not a good sign a fear right. response would obviously <laughs> kick in and i i can't look when people take my blood i recently had to get 17 vials of blood taken and i was like 17 it was insane <laughs> like she showed the vials and i was like am i even gonna be alive after this i was like um should i like go eat a sandwich and like drink a bunch of water and maybe like work out because i'm like can i produce that and she was like no it's fine but i could not look and i think instagram and weird things have helped me because i just like go on my phone you see it so often. i was like because because the blood, oh, the, no, the blood release from me is actually something I find a lot more. I'm more Disturbing. scared of okay. a needle to me is like not nearly as right. bad. So I'm like on my phone being like, oh, wow. What does like, Oprah have to say? Like Oprah soul food, like, like just like a lot of Oprah Instagram is like what I was looking at for some weird reason. It but is it's very comforting wild to think of blood just being taken out in a controlled manner. Exactly. So yeah. Like, I'm um, scary. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to say about the evolution though because a lot of people question, well, why on earth would fainting be an evolutionary Oh my response? gosh, okay, tell me. Um, and so they think that fainting is a nonverbal signal that is used uh, and developed in response to increased intergroup aggression. They think it evolved in the Paleolithic era. Okay, I literally, I'm like, we definitely read the same study because I was like, I did not know this about fainting. I think it's so cool. Yeah, that fainting shows that you are not a threat. Throws you're not a threat. Yeah, it's like, I was like, why would you faint when <laughs> know, you're scared so or threatened? Because it's like, then the thing's just going to freaking kill you. The wild boar is going to eat you. But then it's like, no, it's more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. And if it's during the Paleolithic time, it's a sign to someone else that you aren't fighting back and yeah. i'm like that is really, really fascinating yeah so the Think needle more... going in is your fear response is happening and and what ends up happening is that you have a really increase in blood pressure and then a stark decrease in blood pressure and then you faint and it's because you're scared and you've evolved this trait in order to show the people around you you're not a threat right and just so to clarify it's like intergroup so yes it yeah. does not make it does not help when there's a bear a trying to yeah, kill yeah. you <laughs> yeah. but when there's people around you being aggressive that's when that can be useful because <laughs> no one's going to fight you if you faint yeah it's kind of those weird things <laughs> it's about actually like, like you probably will be safe yeah. if you just faint around and it's people. like toxic masculinity it's like oh I need to save the family by being the man and fighting back it's like no girl like we all just need to calm down we need to hash this out we need to talk because you actually getting all aggressive is the reason we're all gonna die uh, that was yeah. definitely an extrapolation and not what the study said so we can move on <laughs> so when when were you feeling that feeling most that kind of and i believe this Today? is called vasovagal and that's actually yeah it's the most people experience this type of fear of needles and like you said it's actually not the fear of needles itself it's, it's the your, fear of having that response yeah. and knowing that a needle can trigger it. But for a lot of people, they may have had that experience and now been like, if I get a needle, I'm going to go through that again. My body's going to be flush and I'm going to yeah. feel faint and yeah. I, I don't want to have that happen again. And I think that kind of does happen to me. 
Wait, what does? The vasovagal? Yes. I'm like consciously not afraid of needles. But you are but you go there and you start to get lightheaded and you're I definitely you're gonna... for sure my heart rate goes up. Even when I'm like, I am not consciously nervous. I'm not yeah. obviously today I was excited and I have heard stories of some people fainting because they're relieved and they're so happy and excited and all these <laughs> Yeah, emotions. right. They're like, Oh, I wasn't scared, I was relieved. It's like <laughs> no, girl, you were scared. If someone's pent up energy to be like once I get my vaccine or my second dose, like this is ending. I'm going to be feeling so much relief. Your body obviously can have a lot of emotion. Your body, yada, 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 yada. But I think for me, it's a little more anxiety driven because I, it, when I got the vaccine, I didn't feel it. But then you have to wait for uh, 15 minutes or so. And when I was there, I was like, is my breathing weird? That is, is like is my, not a good situation. It's my throat. That's so funny. Is my throat a little like every little thing. I was like, my my toe just twitched, and I was like, am I? Is something going on? So every the rest of the day, I am going in next three days. Every little thing, I'm gonna yeah. be like, is it? Is it? Is it? Am I starting to get a sore throat? Am I starting to feel tired? But even if you did, that's a sign that it's working. Exactly. Yeah. It's really not. Well, then in my head, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be like the the fraction of the statistic that is the person who dies. <laughs> it's like what does what? that actually go through your head because first of all you shouldn't say that because it's like no one's died no uh, but i just me you're what? right I'm, so what? you be more clear <laughs> okay, okay relax what what did you I'm, actually think that i am playing out for you what an, my anxious brain does wow. even though it can and it's so triggered by body response first so i'm sitting there like oh, i'm so happy this was amazing this place is so cool it was I, so I great i bawled my eyes as I was crying. soon as i feel a little tick on my throat i'm like oh my god Oh my gosh, do I need to be aware? Like, you know, maybe, maybe someone could have a reaction. I know the chances are so rare and like very, very few. Oh and then God. I was like, I know the blood clots are kind of like, I did not get the one that. So I, even though it's irrational, my brain starts to spiral and then I have to go, no, oh my God, relax. Like, this isn't happening. And then I forget about the throat and then I'm like, oh my God, my knee's itching. <laughs> so that's my existence. Wow. I honestly was bawling my eyes out with pure joy, talking to everyone around me. They were like, stay six feet away from me. I'm like, I get the rules, but we can still have a chat. I, I had like, I honestly had a, a like, I, you know, you have to sit there for 15 minutes and I got the time 1234 was when I should leave and I just like started another conversation with someone because I was um, like I don't want to leave I just love it here I could hear you across the room really it's a, it is a giant target like an old target target doesn't exist in Canada anymore so it was just a target that has been repurposed for a mass vaccination which is so dystopian and cool yeah I was like wow these lights are a target and <laughs> yeah. the floor does look like target or some Sears or whatever Walmart um but we were on very different sides of the room so it's massive big enough that we I couldn't see where you were but I could hear Greg talking oh my <laughs> a god a mile away be like yeah like just like I'm like who's he talking wow, to wow homophobic make fun of my gay voice. no that is not making fun of yeah. it is highlighting okay. <laughs> okay well that's really funny because it's true I was so I was like that's so funny I was not being like I know I was probably supposed to think like am I having a reaction but like even if I was I probably wouldn't have even known I was so excited we are very different that's so interesting mm -hmm. like I, I get why I could have just sat there and been like okay let's think about all the physiological <laughs> feelings i'm feeling because that's what i'm supposed to be doing but i didn't know that's you definitely don't want that trust okay trust yeah. i okay. was that was not voluntary okay. those things are not me going oh i should think about this what i had to do was i had my phone for a bit and i was like no 
I want to take in this moment and like look around and remember this because it's historic, iconic. And then I just like sat there and kind of meditated and was like, and then you're like, my knee hurts. <laughs> that, that is. Then I'd be like, I need to use my phone to distract myself again. Uh, but ultimately, I wanted to like take that time you know, make the mental memory picture, which I know I'll forget because I have the worst memory in the world, but probably won't no, because it was won't. a pretty significant It was so moment. historic and fascinating yeah. and amazing. And I'm so proud of Canada and I'm so proud of these mass vaccination clinics and I'm mm-hmm. so proud of these vaccines. All the people Scientists that were organizing it, doing it, they're all amazing. Everyone was so kind, so nice, so friendly, encouraging, congratulating once you got the vaccine. Like, it was just a nice Yeah, feeling. it was honestly just such a beautiful day, and I'm so excited for everyone to get theirs. So, moving back to the fear. Um, so, <laughs> childhood fear of needles is where a lot of these studies say the fear comes from. So, we have this evolutionary basis, and we get that. But they think it's exacerbated by... Um, what happens in childhood, which is usually that the parent will have a little bit of fear around it and it gets passed on to the child. Like there are ways that we exacerbate it in our culture. And one study found that parents would remember their kids' first vaccinations of how calm the kids were. And then the kids would be surveyed years later and talk about how traumatizing it was as if they've like misremembered it. And their own experience. Yeah. Like, like, like as in what they think happens is that people share their stories about their fear or bad experiences with needles and that the stories actually get tossed around as like lore and then they amplify the experience because it's like yeah i just think that a lot and i even think about when i fainted that one time like i remember it so much and i've definitely talked about it more than all the other times i got needles right nothing happened like with many aspects of Of life and misinformation it's it's a form of misinformation really it's more interesting to tell a story of when something went wrong and then those stories like significantly increase um, the fear of needles, but also your own memory of it. And mm-hmm. then your parents are like, you were fine. And then all of a sudden you have this like wild story where you're like, I was crying and I wouldn't even eat the lollipop after. They're and, like, you were too young to remember. You were one when you got that. Needle. Yeah. <laughs> and so they said that the mean frequency as well of needles is around two to 11 per year, which again, I was like, that's a big change. Wait, 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 wait. The People what? get two to 11. <laughs> this is what I'm like. It's such a weird thing. I'm like, that's actually just such a wide range. Yeah. But you get around. <laughs> two to 11 needles per year, year. Okay. so their point is that like we are getting inundated with them quite often you have to face it and a meta-analysis found that every deck as every decade passes you get 8.7 percent less scared of needles so the fear of hmm. needles decreases over with time age? yes likely due to an experience you yeah. know again the more needles you get the more likely you're to be like, like oh this actually isn't as scary that as occurred I to me this year is when i was like i have to stop being afraid because it literally never hurts nothing bad ever happens to me yeah exactly. I, like last time i had to get blood taken i i was like that was so easy like and i know pe- there are bad experiences where people can't get the needle in the right spot but it just i had to talk myself into that so that's why i wasn't that but that's afraid so today. interesting it's like i always think of that because someone told me at some point yeah. in my life about a doctor or nurse that didn't get it in the spot now i always think about that but i'm like that i don't act, even know who told me that, that and that's never happened, happened to, to me. me that did happen okay to so me. don't say it don't say it into the mic don't say it don't say it into the mic because it's like that's just True, gonna exacerbate fear some old project yeah this we're was learning not, this was taking blood though this but still not. we're learning from this study that that's a great story I keep see. it to yourself babe. oh my god <laughs> so they also found in a meta-analysis that it like varies by country and saudi arabia and israel have the highest fear of needles and sweden and germany have the lowest hmm. and that 
that any this, any reason or no like okay. it's, it's it's like a the, survey found. data okay. so it's like you know obviously these studies go into reasons but yeah. i'm like girl you just you saying stuff because you have to enter stuff we just know what the comparative population yeah is. and so this is what I've just sort of been leading to because I find really interesting. So, and I think it will help because we're wanting to talk about this because we're wanting to make sure that everyone has open conversations because a fear of needles could actually lead to a big issue with this pandemic. And when we're working on videos about the, about vaccine hesitancy, we're at this place where a lot of people are like, well, I'm just scared of needles. And it's like, okay, let's learn about it. So they have found an increase in survey data of women being more f- afraid of needles than men. And the theory, this one I'm actually going to say, because it is just a theory, okay. is that women and mothers are the ones who actually take an active role in their kids' health mm-hmm. and therefore have to be living through the experiences of watching their kids get needles. Mm. And that that and is a, a really traumatizing like, experience. Yes. And it's like, okay, we need to figure yeah. out how we approach these things and it's just an interesting sort of like other example of how like you know women like do everything and like women are like so incredible and mothers are the most beautiful things in the world and they obviously are the ones maybe having to experience this more and what they found is that younger mothers their kids are less likely to get vaccinated and when i think about this relating to the other study as which a is that, choice of the parent as a you choice mean, of the like parent choice and also inflicting kids. fear on the kid and then i'm like remember the study that said the older you get the less fear right. of needles you have so i'm like huh maybe there's a link between an yes. older mother being less afraid and then passing that yeah. less fear onto their kid getting their kid vaccinated so i'm like that's interesting mm-hmm. if we're seeing that younger mothers are having more fear around needles we need to actively target them with information with specific coping mechanisms yeah this is a challenging thing that like what do we do about this fear and how it could be a huge issue to us getting to herd immunity is sadly understudied like i looked through so much research and was like why are we not figuring this out everyone's like we need to figure out how to get vaccinations without needles which is interesting but i'm like that's being developed right now yeah yeah no i know that's so important yeah because it's like i never thought of that like the pill aspect of it could really mm-hmm. decrease vaccine hesitancy because people are just scared of the needle. Yeah, and even the idea of injection just seems everyone's so used to popping a pill, you know. And so I oh, feel, oh girl, I, I love to pop, love a pill. pop a pill. So I just think in general that medium is so much more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Where every other like. Obviously, there are medical needle experiences, but there's also, I don't know, I just feel like people picture like shooting up needles and how that's yeah, like. Yeah, that's part of it. H, uh, HIV stigma was a big part of it. Dirty needles was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Part of coping mechanisms is to have the uh, nurse, doctor, whoever it is, physician, talk through the process of how clean the needle is, mm-hmm. opening the package in front of them, which to me, I was like, that seems scary because I like to like go on my phone and ignore but it's like right, you're hearing, yeah it's like it's like, like a okay, crinkle okay. crinkle I mean like it's sterilized and it's sanitized do you look at it you don't look like at all pulling the gloves I don't look no today you didn't look I, no I looked, no she I put look. the needle on the table in front of me and I was like I'm oh I looked look at, at it the, and then I went Oh, oh, sorry. I look at the needle yeah, on the walk. table, but you don't I don't. Want to go on your arm. I was like, "Girl, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life." Like I'm staring at you on the table as like gorgeous, gorgeous. Can I keep you? But so you're talking about the needle. Yeah, I'm talking about the needle. And the oh my god, the woman was like, "You can go." I was like, "I love you." I was like, "If I could hug you, I would oh hug god. you." But I know that's not allowed. And she was like, "Yes, it's not allowed." But um, so yeah, like I I don't know. I think that like 
talking through it isn't necessarily the best idea, but some doctors think it is. And another uh, thing that people think helps is to not downplay it. A lot of parents and doctors, apparently to kids go, oh, it's just, you won't feel a thing. But it's like, the current knowledge is you go, you will feel a thing. So you don't, so you don't create more a painful fear. as a kid. That's what I mean when my, my recent uh, epiphany was this doesn't hurt at all, but I have memories of needles sometimes hurting. So maybe it's age, maybe it's uh, just being used to the sensation. I, but honestly today I was like, I didn't, barely even know if it went in yet i think it's just like getting old and like everything you've like my skin just doesn't have this in- <laughs> like kids just have probably better like neuron communication <laughs> oh my god no i think it's more of like the idea of you know time goes faster as you age because you're no longer having new experiences <laughs> so it's like the needle just feels like yeah like i think when you're a kid it's like oh my god you're about to like I've only been taught don't put metal objects in my skin. Then all of a sudden my mom's rubbing my back and you're about to do this. That's so much more intense. And then you grow up and you continue to get them and you're like, okay, well, it's not a needle. I was going to bring up, you mentioned how often is associated with parents even and what the kid sees the parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that reminds me a lot of, I feel that. I'm not about to blame my parents, but my mm. dad's really claustrophobic. And then I think I am too. But sometimes I'm like, did I inherit yeah, that? Yeah. It, which obviously could be genetically inherited as well, or just behaviorally. They, yeah. I may, and I think I adopt stories that he's told about getting like getting afraid in really small or stuck in a small space. And so I now my whole life have been claustrophobic. I'm afraid. Wow. I don't like elevators. I hate having like if, when I see people and I know everyone feels this, but those caves that people climb through that like only your body can fit through. That's my, Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that is, that is a deep, (laughs) that is a very, how do people do that? That I think a lot of people have again, from an evolutionary perspective, makes sense. Those people have conditioned themselves to just not sure. Like that's incredible Um, feat. But it reminds me of that where I'm like, maybe I would, maybe it is because my dad was afraid of it and verbally openly afraid of it. Yeah. I think that like would be interesting for everyone listening to think, I mean, it's very common to look at your parents and how you're raised and to see those impacts. But I'd be so curious how many people's fears, whether it's of needles, of spiders or whatever, are actually something that you can think back on your life and go, oh, wait, my parents were afraid of that. Right. So as a kid, and am I, actually... I didn't feel so safe around that because yeah. now they're Obviously, scared. Obviously, if a parent's afraid, you're going to yeah. be afraid as a kid. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't have like a deep-rooted fear, except I used to be afraid so deeply of spiders and uh-huh. i know i've said this before i keep a tarantula underneath Ugh. my uh, not a real tarantula a picture <laughs> of a wolf spider underneath where i would study for homework and then whenever i got tired i would pull it out and the adrenaline rush of looking at the scary wolf spider would keep me awake and i would Ew. continue to study cell biology that's not right <laughs> i mean are you kidding that's like so clever. genius that that's is clever. so it's one of my most genius thoughts <laughs> don't say it's not right girl no i just couldn't espresso without i don't espresso. know if i could study after being that scared no you just shove it right back under it's a picture of a wolf spider oh even right now <laughs> so you're still oh yeah i meant you're still scared you're scared what are your main fears like i'm like um, i'm like how do you everything no, no. But, but what would you do you rank them in your head like spiders you're so scared of spiders. yeah i don't like spiders i like i'm not afraid of ants i'm not afraid of flies so there are what about heights are, like what are the i'm not really afraid of heights but i get that i don't know what it's called but there's a phenomenon where you're like 
you're gonna jump, aren't you? That's the, oh, oh yeah, I hate like that. I, I don't that. like that. So, so what and about, like near a subway, um, I'm like, I don't like to stand near the edge. But you are claustrophobic. You are claustrophobic. Yeah, yes, not insanely. I will go in elevators and stuff, but I have been. I also got stuck in an elevator as a kid, so that was kind of. Scary. Oh my god, maybe it's not your dad. Maybe it's that. That one, yeah. But I, <laughs> I have memories of my dad talking about a story getting stuck. There was like this. Um, a rock formation that was a tourist site that you could go through and you had to like <gasps> shimmy your way through it but it was like safe but i remember my dad didn't get stuck but got to a point and we all went through and he had to leave and come out the other end and meet us oh when we were in japan we went to this incredible art installation that oh yeah i couldn't go in. yeah james terrell which is like i you, started and i turned around and yeah cried. i'm like i don't know what that is a fear of darkness well it was claustrophobia because i was like uh, so you go in it's a really cool art exhibit you go in it's and pitch it gets black. dark and you're supposed to like i guess keep your arm okay on the sorry wall. so like it Almost. reminds me of that and that you keep your arm on a wall and there's a tour, a tour guide person who you go in in this way because it is completely pitch black for the first about minute to a minute and a half because then what happens is your eyes starts to adjust to the darkness and all of a sudden you're in this vibrant room of lights but nothing has changed but your eyes ability to adapt to the light james terrell he's this famous light installation artist it was on this beautiful art island in japan it was like this phenomenal experience and for me it was like really sad because it made me see that the fear was so getting in the way of yeah this, it was like, real objectively like, incredible I thing i think you might think i'm fake not faking but a moment like that shows if i'm willing to sacrifice a good experience yeah because of fear, yes. it's real enough that's a real that, fear yeah it was a moment for just me. being yeah. like i'm afraid yeah. like i act but yeah. in those moments what was challenging is i definitely could have conquered that but it's like <laughs> my voice just cracked um I definitely could have conquered conquer sure. If I had more time, the, the challenge was when the fear strikes, I need a moment to come down from it. So as we were walking in, it was getting so dark. And my big fear is not knowing how to escape a space, especially if it's enclosed. Like I need to be able to get out to open air. So being in small spaces, trapped with other people, I was like, if I get, if I don't know how to get out of here, then I'm going to be afraid. <laughs> Little do you know, your eyes adjust and you realize you're in a giant open yeah, room. I, I just wanted to know Aww. if I'm in there, I need to know how I get out. Yeah. And when I left, and so what happened was because everyone was walking in and I didn't have enough time to like have it hit me and then go, okay, no, I'll be okay. I'll know this is the entrance. I'll kind of keep track in my mind. But because it was like I had to stay with the group, I was like, I don't have enough time. I can't go with you guys. If you could all wait five minutes, maybe I could come. But I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> I for... think it's like a five minute total experience. Because <laughs> yeah. by the five minutes, like, okay, get out. We need 20 more people in. God, what's wrong with me? I feel like every, every podcast, I'm just like, here's another Well, you, you have anxiety. You said it. Like, it's like, that's okay. Like, and you like figure out ways to cope with it and you weren't able to see the James Terrell exhibit, but no, but I wish I did. Others. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was for your right. And not that like, I, I love the faking, idea of it. But I was and just I like, wow, I that's could, intense. I could do it given the right amount of mental prep. And there like, wasn't. It was honestly like a two, like it was very it was a like, group of like it was six like people. it was like is this Disneyland of art? It was like we were lining up and it was like, you know, you had your ticket and your time. Like it wasn't there wasn't like much mm -hmm. chance for you to not just follow the group at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I I, I don't, can't think of my parents' fears, but like 
I can maybe that's the reason why I don't have as many. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, just back to vaccines. There's a couple more things that are uh, to needles specifically. Okay. Going back to the different types, and I hope I'm not repeating some things, but I just want to say there's ma- four main types that I want to reiterate of okay. fears. Uh, so the main one we said was vasovagal. That tends to actually be most people's fear. Which is the fear of the fainting. In a way, yeah. So Losing because control. people, and that, like you kind of said, but you have a brief acceleration of heart rate and blood pressure, and then it drops. And so that's what makes people feel weak and often faint, sometimes leading to unconsciousness. And they say the unconsciousness for some people can be accompanied the by- what? The what? The uncon or the co- loss of consciousness yeah. can be accompanied by convulsions and like rapid changes in hormones. And in the yeah, body. and that would so obviously, obviously mess terrifying. you up to try and get a needle again. Yeah. Um, there is one other thing I'm not going to say here because it is about like death. Um, right? I shouldn't say that. No, okay. I won't say that. Um, the other okay. types are, do you want me to say it? Well, I think you say it now because now it's like more fear around what are you even saying? So but that, you should think about these things when you say it. Like what's the best way to say it so it doesn't scare people? To it's just a stat. It's a okay. stat that that thing can't has killed people that extreme change in blood pressure they there's like 23 cases they in 1995 did a review and that ex, from needles cause like extreme the fear spike. of the, the the change in blood pressure yeah of that wow. like okay. it can be so extreme for some people obviously it was probably people who or had extreme conditions or underlying health conditions. But that's an example of why there are sometimes like today, like medical personnel there ready, mm-hmm. like waiting for anything yeah. that would go wrong. And the whole time exactly. we were there, it was like obviously fine, but okay. That's um, worth knowing. I think. Yeah. I didn't want to scare. It's people. scarier to just go, Oh, death mm, moving on. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what? Okay. Well, I was like, if I knew that ahead of time, I might've been more scared. Yeah. Um, Okay, the other kinds. Associative, we talked about this. People who specifically have had a bad experience on their own. Okay. So once you have a bad experience, even if it's as a kid, you carry that with you. Yeah. That's about 30% of people have that. One that's really interesting is called resistive fear of needles. Around 20% of people, they hate the idea of being controlled or restrained. Right. So like because you have to stay still or someone else is technically like doing something to you. It's oh like my that, god and they want to like move their arm or ability, something? not necessarily physically restrained but uh, to get a needle somebody else is kind of con- not controlling you but you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. a way of seeing okay. it and then the last one 10 percent of people it's called hyperalgesic and these are people who are actually just really sensitive to pain and mm. so in their minds or not their minds like they get this experience and they don't understand how other people aren't actually no susceptors are pumping yeah they're off. like how how was that not so painful for you um, so I just thought that so was those cool are the different down. types of fears of, of needles. Yes, that's interesting. And I think that this is all just an open conversation to not, you know, just skip over the fact that this is really scary for some people. Mm. Like I every single person I met today, I was like, I want to cry and hug you. But then when talking loudly, I guess, because everyone could hear, including <laughs> Mitch from 100 meters away in a giant freaking like target. target. <laughs> um, when I was talking, they were saying that there's she said three types of people come in. There's the people like you who are crying right now and like, like really, you. yeah, me, yeah. sorry, like me crying of joy. And then there's the people who are just like very like, yeah, you know, I'm getting my needle. Like mm-hmm. I have to, I like, you know, work at a hospital. I'm a teacher. Like this is just status quo. I'm not super excited. In fact, maybe I'm a little bit like I should have gotten this a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's a bit of like, okay, finally. Cause I, whereas mm-hmm. I was like so happy to get it. I'm like, I stuck, <laughs> I just sit at home all day. So I felt like honored. Uh, and then the third group she said are the people who are actually like crying out of the fact that they don't want it. They 
they either feel pressure from their family or they're so scared mm -hmm. of needles right. and the whole experience is traumatizing like good, and yeah. they're shaking and nothing about this is enjoyable to them. They're just happy to get it over with because whether they're actually afraid of vaccines and vaccine hesitant and they're being forced to by their family or whether they're just afraid of needles and once the whole experience is over they're gonna be so happy that they have the antibodies and mm -hmm. things like that it's just like she was like a third of people yeah. are really not, not enjoying this time, yeah. yeah whereas like i'm like i honestly think it was the best day of my year <laughs> yeah yeah so i just think that's like yeah we definitely both felt about. really good after i did feel high on just excitement afterwards yeah and that that was a good dreaming feeling. of this mm -hmm. we've been talking so about long. it for and and to think there was a point when we thought a vaccine may actually not be developed till 2022, 2023. Girls and boys, I thought this was going to be three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I genuinely thought it was good. This time last year, I thought three years from now, would I be having this experience? And here I am a year later. Like, I'm just so happy. I have to say, just a minute ago while you were talking, my neck felt a little sore. And I literally had the thing happen where I was like, oh, my God, am I going to have a really sore neck? And then I look over. I, I'm like, you're passed out. And Mitch. I have like a weird like swallowing thing. So I always test. I'm like, can I swallow? And then my heart rate just like went up really fast for like three seconds and then went down. I, I'd be curious if I was measuring my heart rate. It's always these quick wow. little like it happens in spurts. I just was sitting I'm here. literally just sitting here being like, <laughs> I love the world and the way that the trees breathe. Like and you're having, you're a just having a little panic attack over here, <laughs> like smiling into the camera, <laughs> like Chucky the Clown. Wow. So okay, our worldviews are different. Hopefully that, you know, I hear and see anyone else who has that, even when it, it's very much like a panic attack. And I haven't had that in a long time, but there was a time when I had, they would just kind of come. And I eventually associated them. They happened while I was driving on the highway. And then I would be scared to be in my car and have it happen because you start to get faint or feel your heart rate racing for no reason. And then your brain goes, wow. why is my heart racing? Am I dying? Oh, What's my God. Happening? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's all this spiral. even just makes me anxious to hear. It's like, that's so scary. What an awful, awful thing to have. Okay, no, you are so lucky. I mean, I know you're no, a Slytherin, you're right. no. and that's like, a, uh, that's like maybe it's linked to the Slytherin of it no. all. Uh, the Slytherins would think I'm too weak. <laughs> no, I think Slytherins have panic attacks. Some. The, everyone does, Greg. You know, there's just a percentage of everyone, just like there's homos in all yeah, the houses. Yeah, doesn't actually like Harry Potter like have, hair, have panic attacks like a lot? Or oh, is that yeah. just like because like a snake goes near him and he's Maybe like, Maybe it's because forehead. the most evil person in the world is trying to kill him at all times. Oh, yeah. Voldemort. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable excuse for panic attacks. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> yeah. We are so excited for everyone listening to get their vaccine when you have a chance to do it. I know it might be scary or not at all, but it's an amazing experience. It's a beautiful feat of science. We encourage everyone mm -hmm. to enjoy it the best that they can. And there's hope on the horizon. There Feeling good, at least, you know, in our northern hemisphere, summer is coming. Easier to be outside. Lots more people vaccinated. I know there are some concerns and tragic things happening around the world, but hopefully this is a bit of hope in everyone's life. And, and hopefully for those of you who are afraid, we have helped qualm some of those fears somehow or other. Okay, make sure you subscribe, you comment on wherever you got your podcast that helps with the algorithm and we will talk to you next week about a new controversial subject. See ya. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.